All right, so that's so well, that's then, right. so we both we both started applying. I started applying in grad school. Is that when you applied, or did you wait till after you yeah. got out of grad school? I applied the first time the year you got selected in '96. Mm -hmm. For I, I applied for that round, but I was still at the time the requirements were you had to have a master's degree and like two years related work experience. And I tried mm -hmm. to convince them that like being a TA, a teaching assistant for two years was work experience. So uh, I, I tried, and uh, but I didn't get to too far that year. But uh, I got called down for an interview the next time around. And, and that interview, that was for the for you. That was the astronaut class after mine, in in 1998. That's when right. that's when you got your your interview. Uh, that's when I got my that, interview. And then you got picked. So you got picked pretty yeah, got, pretty quick. That's pretty quick. Well, I had a unique strategy. What was that? Uh, my strategy was to try to get so. Uh, so so let me back up a second when at the time that we interviewed there was just one interview that during the week and it was like a 45 minute thing and it, that was really like make or break is like what whatever happens so it's a really kind of high stress thing I, I i have uh scientific scientific evidence empirical evidence to show you just how stressful it was because they you know you wear that one day you wear this halter monitor so <laughs> you're wired up like an ekg and they're monitoring your heartbeat for yeah. an entire day and you're not supposed to exercise or even go up like a flight of stairs while you're wearing this thing. You're supposed to be very relaxed the whole day while they're watching every single one of your heartbeats. And at the end, you get debriefed. And they're like, wait a minute. We see your pulse rate got up to 175. I'm like, 175? <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be 175. They're like, uh, I'm like, what wait a minute. Wait, what time was it? They're like, oh, it's 11.55 a.m. on Thursday. And I'm like, because my interview was at noon. So that was me, my heart pounding, wow. standing outside the door, you know? It's yeah. it's pretty terrifying. So and the guy that was in charge, I think same for you was was John Young, right? He was the and, head. Yeah, we so we everybody we set up a little bit, Garrett, is that what, what you're describing is when you we interviewed it has changed a little bit now where they have like a part one and part two interview. But with us, back in our day, it was one week of of meeting people and a lot of medical exams. But that that interview you're talking about, the actual was an interview with the selection board that uh, you're there with 20 other candidates. So everyone's interviewing at a different time during the week. And so you had yours apparently on a Thursday with the Halter monitor and John Young. Tell us who John Young was. Oh, John Young. He, um, he was like the astronaut's astronaut. I mean, he's like a legend. Uh, so he flew the first flight of Gemini with uh, Gus Grissom. Uh, he flew to the moon in Apollo twice. He flew in Apollo 10 and didn't land. So he went back on another yep. Apollo mission and walked on the moon. And then uh, he was the commander of the first space shuttle mission, Young and Crippen in 1981. They flew uh, the very first flight of the space shuttle. So this guy, and I knew like walking in there, he's not gonna be impressed with the fact that I was captain of my high school wrestling team. All right, that was not, <laughs> that was, that was not gonna impress this guy. So, um, so my strategy was to try to get him to laugh. That was my strategy. <laughs> And I accomplished that in the first five minutes of the interview. So I, I, I was feeling confident and, and the interview went well. So that's how did, if you how ask did me you why. Do, how did you do this? And just so you know, folks, John Young, John Young passed a few years ago. Absolute hero. Wonderful guy. Uh, but I don't really know if it'd be easy to, to make him laugh. So how did you accomplish that? Well, I, it was a gamble, but it, it turns out he has a great sense of humor. You know, you just got to, mm -hmm. like, get past the uh, crusty... Uh, um, curmudgeonly exterior, you know, but, uh, but underneath he's, he's, he's actually a super funny guy. He could be on this. He could have been on this podcast. He could be, we could have made it three funny astronauts. He could have been with us. Cause he's actually, he's actually got a great sense of humor. And, um, so 
So I walked in there and it's, and I didn't have a plan for how I was going to make him laugh. I just wanted to try to accomplish that. So he looks at me as I sit down and he goes, so son, how's it going? And I said, um, <laughs> I said, uh, uh, well, to be honest, it's going a lot better than my last job interview. And he, and he says, he goes, really? Uh, why, why, why is that? And I said, well, I said, because this time I remembered my pants. <laughs> it's, a true, it's a true story. I, <laughs> I had a job interview uh, when I was a, when I was wrapping up my graduate studies at Caltech at uh, TRW, which mm -hmm. is uh, an aerospace company that, that is now part of Northrop Grumman, but there's this big aerospace company down here. And I had to drive from Pasadena to the west side of LA during rush hour and to be there in time for my interview. And, and I thought I was being really smart. I said, okay, I was dating this, this girl at the time that lived near there. And I'll stay at her parents' house with her, you know, and I'll wake up in the morning and then I'll have a short drive and I won't be late for my interview. So I get up and, and, and everything was going great. I get up in the morning, everything is fine. And I open my suitcase and I got my, my suit jacket, I got my tie, my dress shirt, my dress shoes, no pants. I forgot the pants, <laughs> no pants. So I had a, I went to the interview wearing all that, like the, the dress shirt, the tie, the, and powder blue jeans. All right. That's, that's all I had. <laughs> and 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 I, I thought this is terrible. And I'm like hiding behind podiums and stuff as I'm giving the talk and so I don't see my pants. But then I realized that this, these were all aerospace engineers, right? They they don't know anything about fashion. They don't care. Nobody even noticed, you know. But I, I did um I signed all the all my thank you notes. You know, I wrote thank you notes to the guys that interviewed me. And I said, thank you for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, if you hire me, I promise to take the first paycheck and go out and buy a decent pair of pants. <laughs> so so I, I told that to John Young and he laughed and that was that. That's pretty good. That's a funny story. You are yeah. a funny astronaut. Hey, <laughs> takes one to know one. Um, That's a good, it's a good story. But you, it really, my, if I'm funny, it really comes from my dad. It's genetic. And my dad was super funny. And, and I just wanted to slide this quick story in here. Because yeah. talking about John Young reminded me about it. So there's a, uh, a John Young Expressway in Orlando. So John Young was from Orlando, Florida. And so there's an expressway that runs like through Orlando, where he was from. And it kind of runs past the, near the Space Center, down there at Kennedy Space Center. And... Um, and it's big, you know, big size, John Young Expressway. If you go to Orlando, you'll see it. And one day, uh, my, my, my dad was visiting in Houston, and uh, we started walking through. I took him out to Ellington Airfield, where we keep the T-38 jets. And I was taking him through our base operations and our ready mm -hmm. room and where we, where we brief before we go out and fly these, these like, little fighter jets. And, and as I'm taking him through on a tour, I look up, and there's John Young getting ready to go fly. And I turned to my dad, knowing my dad, I'm like, dad, don't embarrass me. Just, just you know, keep it, don't, it's John Young, okay? The guy, don't, just, just don't say, I'm gonna introduce you, but just behave, okay? And, uh, and so I introduced him to John Young, he, that he shakes John Young's hand, and I said, this, you know, Captain Young, this is my father. And uh, my dad looks at him right in the eye and he goes, John Young, huh? said, I drove on your road. <laughs> he goes, by the way, there's some litter over at mile marker 23. You might want to have somebody get, get on that, clean that place up. <laughs> what, did John, what did John Young say to that? He laughed. He laughed. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah, I got it's. I, that, we'll have to have another podcast episode with John Young stories. I got I got a couple. Well, more. I've got I've got one. I've got to tell now. And so what? Right, back, we don't really have any structure for this anyway. But no. uh, as you, he was as you say, he was he was this very accomplished guy who um, had flown like he walked on the moon. I remember him as a kid. I remember him flying on Apollo ten down to the surface. I think it was Apollo sixteen he was on when he walked on the moon. And uh, it, he was in any first space shuttle, as you said, you know, you, you said all these accomplishments. And when we joined Garrett, right, I joined and I was selected in 96. You came in right the next class in 98. And he was still an active astronaut. Not only was he head of the selection board, but he was an active astronaut and still flying a T-38. Did you ever get to flying a T-38 with him? Yes. Did, and we uh, almost okay. died. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I couldn't believe how lucky we were to get a chance to to work with this this hero you know he was one of us yeah. you know he'd see him in the gym and talk to him in the office and he was just this great guy and and i remember telling him i go look you know john if when you're flying t38 and we're, when we were trained just for the the audience to know garrett and i garrett you were a private you're a very accomplished pilot I, I have some hours i'm a private pilot as well but not not as many as you you have your own airplane and so on but we were trained to be co-pilots in the t38 to fly with our our astronaut test pilot uh, comrades and also the the instructor pilots out at Ellington Field that we had. And, and John Young was, of course, a, a, an astronaut pilot, a test pilot. So he would fly in the front seat of the airplane and one of us would fly in the back. And so for early on, I went to him and said, you know, John, if, if you ever have an open back seat, I would love to, the, I would be honored to fly with you. And he goes, okay, Mike, you know, and sure enough, like a couple of days later, he pokes his head in my office. He goes, Mike, what are you doing next week on Wednesday? And I go, why? He said, I'm flying out to Ames Research Center, which was out in California. And so from Houston, it was a few hops. We landed in, and we had a, we stopped in, in El Paso and in Vegas and out to uh, to fly the simulator out in uh, California. They had a vertical mo motion simulator that we would go fly out there. And he said, and we'll go, he goes, I got to go. He goes, but I go and, and come, I go there and back in one day, which is kind of unusual because it's like six flights to get out there, you yeah. know, to go there and come back. And so, so he's like, we got to leave really early in the morning. And I'm like, okay. So I was like, this is great. So I, you know, clean, cleared off the whole day and got there very early. And, and, you know, we, we, we taxi out there. All the, it was funny things were happening the whole day, but, but the highlight was coming back. And I had spent the whole day with this guy and uh, got a chance to learn from him in the simulator. And, and I got him telling stories. You know, it was getting late at night. You know, the sun, we were like over New Mexico or someplace where there's no chatter on the, on the, uh, over the radio. You know, no, they just, you know, you just, for a while, you just, the two of you up there talking uh, at a high altitude. It was a beautiful, sun was starting to go down. Just a beautiful end to a day. And I started asking him stuff about, you know, what it was like back in the day. And he told me some of the stories about going to the White House with his family, which were kind of funny. And some of the guys he worked, some of the astronauts back then. And, so then I finally worked up the courage to, to ask him, what was it like on the moon? You know, and now this is my chance. You know, what was, here's one of the only 12 people that ever walked on the moon. And I'm here with, with him. And I, I said, John, tell me, what, what, was, it like? what was it like when you, when you got on the moon? What was that like? And, he, and, you know, he had this sort of southern drawl to him when he spoke. And he said, well, Mike, I, I tell you, the best thing about it is you finally could take a dump. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, I was expecting to hear something like, I saw, well, I don't know, I saw God, I, you know, I saw something, I remember contemplating on what humanity was about. 
And I'm like, you know, I looked at the earth and it was so small, you know, something like that. And he goes, and that's what he tells me. And I go, what? And he goes, well, you know, Mike, you don't know yet. You haven't been in space yet. But when you're floating around in space and you're zero gravity, you know, you just, you know, sometimes you just get bunged up. Nothing's, nothing's regular. You can't go. But you get on that moon and that's that one six gravity and you finally can let loose. And uh, I was like, holy cow. But that was kind of, that's kind of was him, you know, always kind of downplay yeah. everything. But that's what it was oh, yeah, like. Yeah. That's what it was like. That's what he wanted to tell me about the moon. But he told me some great yeah, stories real- that day. And it was great, as you say, it was great getting a chance to know him and being friends with him was was such an honor, such a great, such a great guy. I remember I, I had a similar experience in the T-38 with him. So we went down to the Cape once and we didn't do it all in one day. We stayed overnight, but he wanted to get home like for breakfast. So yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, said, we're yeah. going to leave, like, <laughs> we're gonna leave like, yeah. really early. So I wake up at like, oh, dark hundred. We get out, we took off and, and it's still dark. Right. Yeah. And we, by the time we get to New Orleans, we're going to stop in New Orleans and get gas so we can make it uh, the rest of the way to Houston because the winds weren't favorable. And um, by the time we get to New Orleans, the sun is just poking up above the horizon. Right. So it's just sunrise as we get to, into New Orleans. And they're calling like one quarter mile visibility on the runway, like in fog or something. And I'm looking down and we're looking. The runway is right there and we can see the whole thing. I don't see any <laughs> fog at all. It's completely clear. <laughs> And, and so we're like, oh, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And we land and we come down and we get in the flare, right? As we're just about to touch down and then poof, everything goes white. I mean, it's just like a complete, <laughs> we, you couldn't see anything anywhere, right? And, we're, and the T-38 is extremely unforgiving if you get too slow, right? And, and, yeah, and the flare, little, like little baby wings. Very, you need speed for the thing to fly because not much left, little wings. Yep. Tiny wings, tiny wings. You got to go fast. And, uh, and, and also little skinny landing gear, which is not, you can't take, you, you can't land hard either. The thing that the gear will collapse. And so this is an extremely dangerous thing when all of a sudden you can't, we, I can't see the runway anymore, nothing. And I see him moving the stick like this, like think, 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 <laughs> like he's searching for the runway. And then a wheel hits it like, donk. Okay. And, and then the other wheel hits it, donk, 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 donk. And the yeah. whole time I got my hands down here in the ejection seat, like ready to get the <laughs> hell out of there. <laughs> like, I'm going to die with John Young. This is terrible. <laughs> and he goes, and then after like, after he gets both wheels on the ground, he yell, he lets out this big whoop. He goes, Woo-hoo! that's the closest I ever came to land at zero, zero, <laughs> zero visibility, you know, uh, zero ceiling. Uh, yeah. Meaning you can't see shit, <laughs> which you're not supposed to do in the T-38. No. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm like, my hands are just shaking on the, on the, on the, on the ejection seat handles. Yeah. I'm like slowly letting go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's loving it. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. That's awesome. We were really lucky to have him, you know, to, to fly yeah. with too. You know, he was, he probably was in his late 60s by that point, still flying T-38. Uh, so we were really lucky. I think, I think he it was, was in his seventies, actually, at that point. But was but, he? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. A, yeah, it was, it was funny. Remarkable. Like, yeah, he, he, he. Uh, the other thing, really quick, about I remember about him was um, uh, the. I remember one day a bunch of us rookies, because because we had to wait a long time, right, to fly. My, my so mm-hmm. we should we should mention this that your class in '96 they called you what? They called us the sardines because there was uh, there was we were the largest class at, uh, that they ever selected. It was thirty five Americans and nine international students. So there was forty four. So and and the office was already in their perception of the astronauts. There was already too many people. You know they don't want any more. 
we have enough people we need we want to fly more what do we need more guys you know but uh but the, they the 44 the, of us came in 35 americans and uh so it was so they were already tight so they called us the sardines we're packed right. like sardines so we were the sardines, now, like sardines class, and this is a, so our class our class uh knew that we we're gonna have to wait for all you guys to get a chance to fly before we were gonna get our turn right so we knew it was going to be a long time before they got right. to uh, the, all of you guys got to go into space. So they, so you guys wanted to call us because the, the previous class gets the name, the incoming class. Right. I, I, and I, you I, guys, want, I want it when, when you can tell your version, but I want to clarify on my end on this one, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. You're right. I remember we were told that you guys wanted to call us the dodos because it's a flightless bird and we're going to wait forever. So we're a bird that doesn't fly. So we're going to be the dodos. And we objected. We didn't object to the flightless thing. That was, a matter of fact, but the, the, but being extinct, uh, we thought was just going too far. So, uh, yeah. so we recommended penguins instead. We proposed that and that eventually won. And so we were the penguins. So we had to wait a, a long time, uh, to fly. Do you want to tell your side of the story before I tell well, you? The John Young we were trying, yeah, you're right. The class before named you, they named us the sardines. We didn't care with your guys. It was like, we knew that we weren't flying anytime soon. And we were a large class. You guys had how many in your class? You were almost as large, right? How many, how many were in your class? Yeah, I don't remember. We're in the third, somewhere in the third, low 30s, I think. We're you were no, we almost as big as we were, ever. so that was we're another deep, yeah. giant group of people coming in. And so we were like, they're never going to fly. They would kid us, and we're like, not, so the flightless bird. <laughs> so there was a they, there was people in my class that were saying, we should call them the dodos, and I was like, ah, it seems a little harsh, you know? So I <laughs> my vote, what I suggested was, let's call them the penguins. I did, I, Garrett, I said, let's call them the penguins, and their motto can be, we'll fly when Houston freezes over, because, you know, instead of when, when, you know, we'll fly when hell freezes over, we'll fly when Houston freezes over, because Houston's a very hot place. And I thought that was very clever. And that's what I went with. Like, you're right. I got overruled and outvoted and they wanted to name you guys the Dodos. And then what you guys started doing was buying all kinds of penguin stuff. You had like yeah. stuffed animal penguins, balloons. There was penguins everywhere. And you forced the was, name on, uh, you forced the office to accept you as the Penguins because Dodos was supposed was a, to be the name. Yeah. There was a massive campaign that was waged by there was. these Penguin tchotchkes all over the place. It was terrible. At great expense. Luckily, the taxpayer didn't have to pay for it. This was a non-NASA yeah, initiative that you true. guys did. That's right. Yeah. But so, so one day, all of a, a bunch of us Penguins, I think some sardines too, were grumbling, uh, bitching and moaning about how... You know, it, it's hard being an astronaut when you, you have to wait so long before you go into space. They're like, you go yeah. out and you meet with the public and they say, what's it like in space? And you have to say, like, I don't know. My friends <laughs> say it's nice. <laughs> it's like really embarrassing. You know, it's like it's like you're supposed to be an astronaut. You got the suit, you got the helmet and everything. And, and, yeah, yeah. and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. and you have to tell them that, yeah, I've actually never been to space. Yeah, um, yeah. And so we're moaning about that. And John Young overheard us. Okay. And he goes, let me tell you something. Uh, I, I, I know what that's like. I've been there. Like I had the same thing happen. And then you finally get to fly in space. Now, let me tell you something though. It never ends. All right. <laughs> it never ends. And like, he goes, I finally flew in space. And then people would say, oh yeah, well, have you been to the moon? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. no, I haven't been to the moon. And then he finally went to the moon. Right. Yeah. And now he's all, now he's all confident. He's like, I'll, you know, and then they come up to him like, have you flown in space? Like, yes, I have. Have you been to the moon? Yes, I have. How many times? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give me a break. 
Uh, so he was, he was really funny. He cracked us all up. He, he told me, he, I heard a version of that story uh, from him where he said, uh, yeah, have you, flown, have you flown in space? And he's like, you know, no. And then, you know, that's terrible. And then, and then, and then the, the next thing was you know, that he did fly in space. Did you fly in space? And he, the answer was yes. And he'd be like, how many times? And he'd be like, well, <laughs> just once. And then did, how many, you know, you've been to space, how many? And then he's been twice. And he goes, I've been there twice. Have you been to the moon? And they're like, no. And, and then he went to the moon. He goes, have you been to the moon? Yes. And, he, and then he, did you walk on the moon? He's like, no. So then he walks on the moon, finally gets to walk. That's the ultimate thing you can do. And they would ask him, have you been to space? And, and he's like, yeah. And he goes, how many, have you been there more than once? And he's like, yeah. Have you been to the moon? Yeah. Have you walked on the moon? Yeah. How many times? <laughs> it was like, well, it was always they're never happy in well, the past. Just once. So yeah, they never it never ends. It never ends. How many times? It never time? ends. Yeah, like, oh, only never once? Ends. Only one time you've walked on the moon? Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, you're never gonna impress anyone, Garrett. That's it's better to shut up. I this is a what, another John Young story related to that. Uh -huh. He uh he and I we were coming we we're coming into uh we were going out to we were trying to get back and forth in one day. This was very important. And he also didn't want to come back at night. He wanted to get back to Houston <laughs> before the sun <laughs> went down, which was going to be tough. So we left real, as you said, we left really early. I think they opened the, you know, I don't even know if the, they just, they accommodated because it was, they let us leave like around five or 6 a.m. Houston time. We get to Vegas and we're in a rush. He's like, we got to go. We got to get out there. Now we weren't rushing, but we needed, we didn't want to stay on the ground. So in our airplane, we needed we needed a start unit to start our airplane. Remember, so right. we couldn't. So a lot of airplanes you don't need. They have an auxiliary power unit. They can start the engine, but with the T thirty eight, they needed a what they called a huffer. It needed an air start unit that would blow air through the compressor to get the engine started. And uh, yeah. we needed one of these things to start. So we land and get our fuel, and no time for like getting a sandwich or anything. We gotta go. We gotta get back. Next next stop is uh, <laughs> out to. Uh, out to Ames, out to out to California. So we're like, where's the start? So John's like, where's the start start cart? And uh, they're like, uh, well, it's it's on, it's hooked up to that airplane over there. And it was a fancy air. This is Vegas, so it must have been like someone who gambled a lot or you know was a millionaire or something. It was a really fancy Lear Jets, a Gulfstream or something like that. You know, it was all fancy. And 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 we're like, well, we you know, John's like, we need that, we need that thing to go. And he's like, we, we're not going to. This is a one of our customers. One of our high, you know, high-level customers. We're not, we're not taking the, uh, we're not taking the huffer off the, off that airplane. So John's like, we just need that thing for five minutes. We does it five minutes, we'll be out of here. And they're like, sorry, sir, we have orders. We're not, you know, that's like, I don't know who it was, but they wouldn't tell us. But it's some, some big gambler guy, and they're not, and I'm, and and they're, they're talking to me like I'm the pilot because John, as you said, was like in his late sixties. I was about thirty-four years old. So they're asking me. I'm like, I don't. He's the pilot in command. You got to talk to him. And John's like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is John Young. This guy walked yeah. on the moon. He's the first commander of the space shuttle. He's an, he's an American wait. hero. So I was like, John, John, I got, I got an idea. And he's like, what is it, Mike? And I go, tell him who you are. Tell him I'm John Young. I walked on the moon. He goes, no, Mike, I'm not doing it. We don't do that. And I go, why not? He goes, because just make it worse. Then they can say, <laughs> uh, I, we, we didn't let a guy who walked on the moon out of here. So that's what it, uh, you know. The story, you know, they, you know, never try to impress say, anyone. Like, and he did not say a word of who he I was. And you, we're just I gonna you wait. Say to the and we did. Crew, What's like, that? Hey, I'm John Young. 
Don't you yeah. know who I am? I'm John Young. I walked on the moon, and then the Grand Crew is going to say, oh, yeah, how many times? Yeah, how many times? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's it. So, where well, we should probably we wrap this up. I don't know. Huh? Just, just, can we take a can we take a break? Where are we? Just keep going? What? Oh. Hey, guys. So we're... We want to wrap up, maybe? Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to wrap up, that's totally cool. Okay. We so, should wrap up. Let's, I got I got one other story I want to tell about, um, and and we we need to edit this obviously. But I, one other story I no. want to tell about. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to edit anything. Go ahead. <laughs> about the interview. So. Uh, oh. Right, so I'll, I'll, we'll just pick up here. Okay. Ready. Okay. Okay. So Mike, uh, you know, going uh, going back to hold, hold up. Wait, go go back to the interview for a second. I'm just going to cut to you quickly so it make the it makes the cut a little bit better. And go okay. for it. So, Mass, uh, you know, we were talking before about the interview week. And one other thing I remember about that that I wanted to tell you was, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 it's a pretty stressful week. And really, most of it, as you probably recall, uh, was medical examinations. You had the 45-minute interview, which is the crux. But the rest of the time, you're getting ultrasounds, yep. you're getting, you know, x-rays and they poke and prod, they, they, you learn a lot more about your body than you ever wanted to know. And that's really what most of the week is all about. And I remember this one point that there was this, there was this one guy that was in my interview class, his name was Patrick Sherman. And he would <laughs> go on to become the center director at, at Stennis. He's a great guy, really funny guy. If he would have, if he would, if they picked him instead of me, you could be doing this podcast with him because he'd be a funny astronaut. And, uh, and we stayed really good friends. But anyway, he and I just hit it off and we're just goofing around like this, like you and me. Uh, throughout the whole interview week. And at one point, they sent the two of us in to get our ultrasounds at a local hospital because NASA didn't actually have an ultrasound machine at the Johnson Space Center. So they just sent you to like the, the local hospital. And, and so we're sitting there. And of course, who goes to get ultrasounds? It's pregnant ladies, right? So it's Patrick and myself and an entire room full of pregnant ladies with like big giant bellies getting ready to go in and get their ultrasounds. And so I go in first. And uh, Patrick is left all alone in this room full of pregnant women, like at least a dozen of them. And I come out after my exam is done and he looks up at me and I see him sitting there with all these pregnant ladies. And I walk out and I said, all I said was, Patrick, twins. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did the ladies think? They, they just laughed. They, 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 half of them were laughing. The other half were, were looking at me like, what an idiot. <laughs> you yeah. know? But I took, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take half. That's right. It was fun. Yeah, those exams, as you say, it was, it was, it's an astronaut interview, but it was all these, it was mainly medical <laughs> exams. And as you say, they went everywhere. They looked everywhere. They were from head to toe, mm -hmm. including inside certain places. And uh, the... Uh, the procto uh, was always the <laughs> highlight of the week, which is not like a full colonoscopy, folks. Not for those of you who are medically inclined here. It's not, you know, a colonoscopy is they're, they're looking up your, your rear end and looking for, you know, things that don't belong there. And uh, with us, it was, it wasn't, they didn't go that far. And they, this thing, as you said, you did the, they did the, the, um, ultrasound at a hospital, but this, I remember they did at the space center. Mm -hmm. And so they just wanted to take a brief look. They weren't looking too far. Just you know, let's let's go a little the ways up. And uh, this was like the thing. It was kind of, I thought it was like a rite of passage. You know, they did it to all the 
astronauts on the, in Apollo. This was just something they did to everybody. Right. They, again, they want to make sure you're healthy. So they wanted to look inside of there. And I hadn't had anything like this done before. And because they did it locally, it was they didn't have to – no anesthesia or anything. It was just this, you know, this little <laughs> procedure they were going to do, right? So I'm like, okay, what the heck? So uh, I remember, and I remember the doctor. The doctor's name was something like Doctor Hind. Do you remember this? Doctor like Hind. Hind or Hind, Dr. like that. Doctor Hind. The and nurse. It was. It was, um, it was nurse. You, you, you remember the nurse's name? It was like Nurse Butt or something like that. It was. I thought it was made up <laughs> no. names. Was nurse, what was her name? Is Nurse Mona. Mona. Mo- Mona okay, her right. first name. So Doctor Hines and, and and Nurse Mona. <laughs> and I think that was really yeah. their names. I thought I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because there was a lot of yeah. kind of silly jokes, you know, about this thing. You know, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, see what they. So anyway, so yeah, I remember. That. And this guy, this guy was about a hundred years old, I think. You know, I think yeah. this is. He just they called him out of retirement for this. So, <laughs> and I remember he was doing the thing, and I'm like, you know, just kind of whatever, sitting, you know, laying there, and uh, and uh, he's looking. I know he's looking at something. So I'm like, what are you looking at? And uh, he said, I'm looking at the screen. Do you want to watch? I'm like. Sure, why not? You know, get the full effect of this experience. And he turns the thing toward me, you know, the little, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, I'm watching television, but it's an exploration of, uh, you know, my inside, right? And I'm looking at this yeah. thing, and I'm kind of like, you know, like, what the heck is going, and he's like, uh, what, are you, what are you trying to look, you know, he's like, what are you, what are you, you, know, are you interested? And I'm like, I'm just looking for my lost car keys, you know, and, <laughs> this guy, and I go, yeah, and I ask him, you ever find anything? You know, what do you, cause what do you, you know, what do you expect? Because I figured, you know, who knows where all that stuff goes. Maybe he might come across it. But I remember him looking at that thing. But that was, the, <laughs> that was I remember, the big event. Like, oh, you're going to have that that happen. That, and, and for me, it was the eye exam because that was, that, was, that was what I was most nervous about because I had this, I had, was rejected by NASA. I sent in my application, was rejected twice. And then I got the interview, and I ended up uh, failing the eye exam. I went in for the eye exam, and... Uh, and I failed. I, I I didn't pass, and I and I, I just couldn't see well enough. And um, I felt terrible about this because I was DQ'd, and they said that's it. You know, you can't even try anymore. And I remember going into work that that I got that news on a Friday, and I went into work. I was working out at Houston for McDonnell Douglas, and my boss was a former astronaut, a guy named Bob Overmeyer. And uh, I see him in the hallway, and. Uh, he says, you know, how did it how did it go? And I go, I got I got medically DQ'd. I don't know what I'm gonna do. And he said, was it was it the eye exam? And I go, yeah. How'd you, how'd you guess? And he goes, that's what gets everybody. And he goes, you know what you got to do, Mike? He goes, I had to fight that. I, I hated that eye exam. I go, I hate it too. He goes, I hated it because that was the one thing that always get the most guys is the, you, you're not reading the eye chart. And for those of you listening at home, don't worry about this now. They they've changed the standards. The acuity issue is not no longer a problem like it was. But back then, you had to see pretty well unaided and i go i don't know what to do he goes well you know what you need to do don't i go i don't know what am i going to do he says he goes you go take your eye exam again he goes make sure you're dehydrated i go really he goes well i would always take my eye exam on a, on a monday and i would start on friday i wouldn't drink any water he goes i would run i would sweat i would sweat everything out i wouldn't drink anything and i would get dehydrated and that helps in the eye i go how is that he, uh, he said, well, what it is is you're, you're, he had this whole thing. He, you know, he's telling me he's like drawing something on a chalkboard. Or, oh, yeah, it, 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 makes it, it makes it more rigid, and the light bends this way, and it really helps. you got to get rid of all the water in your body. Dehydrate yourself. I go, oh, okay, I, you know, man, I can try it. Man, I, can, I can see what I can do. Later that afternoon, that was in the morning. In the afternoon, I'm walking around the Johnson Space Center, and I see Kevin Kriegel, who's an Air Force pilot, 
and a, a, I was friends with him. I knew him through uh, through church and the neighborhood and so on. And he sees, he goes, how did it go? And I go, I got, I got medically DQ'd. He goes, the eyesight? He knew right away, just like all these pilots knew. It was the eyesight. And I go, yeah. He goes, you failed the eyesight? And I go, I did. He goes, you know what you got to do, don't you? And I go, what? He goes, he goes you got to drink a lot of water. You, you got to hydrate. <laughs> like, what? He, I go, why? And he goes, well, it makes your eyesight, it makes your eye more viscous and there's more water, so the light bends better. And I go, you got to be kidding me, because just, I, you know, to say, and I swear, you can't make this up. A couple hours earlier, I had one fighter pilot tell me, get, get all the water out of your system. And this guy's like, hydrate, hydrate your eyeballs. Even pour the water right on the eye. Get as much water as you can inside of your. So, like, this is all, this is all hocus pocus. You know, I've got to, you know, no one knows how to pass this eye exam. And I started talking to some optometrists and they, they didn't back then. They didn't accept LASIK or any of that stuff. So I just had to figure out a way to see better. So I, I started doing something called vision training. <laughs> and it was to try to trick your brain and your eyes into seeing better. And so I did this and I was able to, to, to requalify. It was, I had, it was like you had to relax your eyes so you could, you could focus differently. But in relaxing your eyes, you were actually kind of, it looked like I was giving someone an evil eye. It was like my eye was kind of, a, but it was, that's the way I was able to see a little bit better for this. This is the way this thing worked. And this lady that I worked with was, a, was a, this, this, this very nice optometrist doctor. When I went to see her, she said, I've never worked with anyone who was younger than the age of 10. Because she could help kids because they could retrain their eyes and their brain because they're still developing. And I said, well, I tell you what, I can be very immature. No doubt about it. I can go <laughs> in there and I could be the most immature patient you ever had. You won't even know. What it is. So she agreed to work with me. And I, you know, doing this, what I called the, the evil eye, but it was just relaxing my eyes to see a little bit better. I was able to pick up a couple lines on the, and I was able to requalify to, uh, to apply can you, again. Can Not we, that they were going to take me, but at least I could apply again. Can you, so can anyway, still, the big uh, event comes now wait, wait. during, what's that? Can you still do it? No, line. I got it was like it was like that. You try to look like this, like this. It was like, like it was like staring like this guy. <laughs> it was terrifying. actually relaxing it's your terrifying. eyes to see a little bit better. Yeah. But I needed to kind of get into this trance almost, so I could say <laughs> it would. You would like literally we were trying to focus beyond the letter and all this other stuff. So the way they did that test, if you remember at NASA, it was like a video game almost. You had to like mm -hmm. say you were up, up, down, left, right, or something, and it would flash this. It was called the land out C. They they'd flash a C. And it was different sizes, and, and you had to say, where was the opening? You had to pick out what he opened. That's how they did this thing. So I'm in there really nervous about taking this test during, during the week. And uh, they had a young – it was a young student who was administering the exam. And, uh, and I'm trying to do the evil eye, and she's like, you need to relax your eyes. And I go, I am relaxing my eyes. And she's like, no, you have to, like, you know, don't do that with your eyes. And I go, well, I'm not squinting. You know, I was like the opposite of squinting. I'm opening up as much as I can. She's like, no, you have to stop doing that. And I go, this is my, and I, I'm thinking, this is my life here, okay? I've, you know, I've, this is my fourth time. I've just 10 years. I went through MIT, all this stuff. And now this, this very conscientious student was trying to tell me not to do the evil eye to see what I was, you know, trying to relax my eyes. So, so she just wouldn't let me do it. And I'm like, I need to just stop. And, and she was due to test again. And I'd be doing the evil eyes. She's like, stop, stop. And there was like screaming started to ensue. It's like, stop it, stop it. <laughs> and then the, the, the eye doctor comes in and says, what is going on here? Because a student is helping out for the day, apparently. And she says, he's not relaxing his eye. I go, I am. She goes, you're not. I go, I am. So he's like, Mike, just come back. Come back tomorrow, you know, take, get a good night's rest and I'll administer your test and, you know, the day after tomorrow or something like that, whenever my schedule. So anyway, so I come, but this is my last chance at this land out C test. And uh, the, 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 the optometrist is there, is no longer the student. 
and and he gives a test and, he, and so again he just lets the program run and i'm doing my best with his little video game and you had to get like 80 percent of them right or something like that to pass mm-hmm. and i didn't know what i did i did my best and it took a couple minutes to do this exam and he's looking at the results and uh and i go how did i do how did i do bob and he, he looks at me he goes mike you passed you pa-. I go, he goes no kidding look at the results you passed this thing and i go really and I looked at him. He looked a little, looked a little scared. And I go, "What's, what's the matter, Bob?" And he goes, "The look in your eye. I'm afraid you're going to kiss me." And that's what he was afraid of. He thought <laughs> that was, but, but that's but that, that whole thing with that medical thing that we were going through was, you just didn't yeah. want to get DQ'd. You didn't want anything, it's whatever they were looking yeah. at. So yeah. I don't know if triplets would have, twins would have DQ'd you, but luckily <laughs> it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So the, the the as scary as the medical exam was, and the and the um, and the, the interview, and then it's over, right? And then comes a long wait, right? You got to sit on your, you sit around, you wait for yeah. months because you don't get an answer right away. You got it, it takes a long, it take it could take up like four or five months before they pick and it's all done, and then they call you. And in that time, uh, it's another. I have another brief John Young story, which is that while we were there for the interview. John Young came by and gave us a presentation on just how dangerous it was to fly the shuttle. And he had some statistical analysis that said it was like a one in 200 chance of death, which turned out to be wildly optimistic, you know, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but that's what he was. And, and, and so that I was thinking about it, like people are afraid, like my mom flying on airliners. <laughs> that's like one in, in 7 million. Right. And this is one yeah, in yeah. 200. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah, not yeah, good yeah, odds. Yeah. And, and it turned out to be one in 67. But anyway, it's yeah. still, it's, it's, it's even one in 200. It's terrifying, right? Yeah. So, uh, and he goes, and by the way, you should know this. This is John Young. I, 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 he was half kidding, I think, but, he, but this is true. He said, you should know your life insurance won't cover you. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, he goes uh, you know, it's, uh, you know it, it's a special, there's always an exclusion. You have to, if you want to be insured, you need to get special riders and stuff. So, so I yeah. remember that. And I'm sitting at home waiting to find out if I was selected uh, for months. And a- as the months are going by, you're getting more and more paranoid and like nervous about the whole thing. And one day my phone rings and I picked it up because you, 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 every time the phone rang, I would jump on it because it could be NASA calling, right? You never know. So I pick up the phone and it's not NASA. It's some guy trying to sell me life insurance. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he starts going into his whole sales pitch, you know, his whole spiel. Yeah. And he's going on and on about the policy. And uh, excuse me, excuse me. I just want to know, does this policy cover dying on a rocket, you know, like launching it like a space shuttle? And I hear, he goes, what? I'm like, you know, like, like if, if you're on a space shuttle and it blows up, we'll, we'll just cover you. <laughs> and then I hear, click. He hung up on me. I got, I got, I got, I got, I got a, uh, uh, you know, one of these callers to hang up on me. Um, and, and, um, uh, uh, and so, b- by the way, if you're listening to this, feel free to use that. If you get a call yeah. from yeah, yeah. somebody trying to sell you life insurance and you want to get rid of them, just ask them if it covers blowing up on the space shuttle and they'll hang up on it. So he may have just thought you were crazy, but I had, I had somebody, after I was selected, I had to say, I had that saying I had an insurance. I think it was the, you know, my, my car and, and home insurance a company called about getting life insurance so i was like all right here's my chance and we were able to get life it was all, we were able to get it through the government we weren't there were no yeah, one else would yeah. sell it to us but the government i think legally had to give us some sort of insurance and uh we had to pay for it of course but but i remember i remember that i got that call like that and i was like oh what the hell let me give it a try you know i think it was an astronaut for 
about 10 years already. And, you know, so the guys ask, oh, you know, and he goes, what's your occupation? I'm an astronaut. He goes, you're what? And I go, I'm an astronaut. He goes, oh, we can't, we can't insure you. I go, wait a minute. You're the salesman. He goes, no. I go, if I was like a fighter pilot, he goes, oh, yeah, we can insure you then. I go, is there any occupation that you would be able not to insure? Like, he goes, no, only astronauts. We will not insure any life insurance on any of you people. I go, thanks very much. I'll tell my family. They'll be thrilled. So, yeah, that was it. That, that's, that's a surefire way to get him to hang up on you. He just got didn't hang up though this guy you know was like i'm really sorry i can't do anything yeah well well i guess you're more believable than i am so um anyway we should wrap this up we should wrap this up uh, i think that's that's uh, that's pretty good first episode yeah i don't know i think so but it's not for us to judge (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if anyone's still listening uh yeah we'll find out but thanks thanks for uh hanging with us yeah, it's been fun having you with us on Two Funny Astronauts. Two Funny Astronauts. That's episode one in the in the books, and uh, stay tuned for episode two, be coming shortly.